0: The reviews are in, and Secrets is a hit. Listeners have described Secrets as priceless information, a personal cheat sheet, and binge-worthy career advice. And Season 3 promises to bring you even more secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to get that coin. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, put in that work to reach the top of corporate America. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance in your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season three.
1: All right, so Keith, man, what's going on, brother? What's on your mind? Hey, Ricky, I'm just so glad to be here today. And I'm
2: still reflecting on that episode with Anton last week. You know, it was great to see a brother at the top of his game and leading one of the world's largest companies. That was just so, so incredible. And it also got me thinking about how hard it is for BIPOC people to even break through at the lower ranks, that first level of people. Leadership.
1: Yeah, man. It can be like this, this, this carrot that you're chasing that you can never get to. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but look, man, I'm happy because we're here and we can talk to the Secrets family about, you know, our experiences. But, you know, I'm thinking specifically about what it takes, you know, sometimes when we think about because we, we, we do a lot of work. You know, trying to get to uh going from an individual contributor to to a people leader position. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And specifically, we do a lot to make our bosses look good. Oh, all, all the time. <laughs> right? You all know? the time. Give e- them shine. Exactly. Executing against their strategic plans and indirectly leading like our peers. When they have trouble getting their projects over the finish line, you know, when your boss comes, she's mm-hmm. like, hey, Keith, can you just talk to such and such real quick? They have no right. problem.
2: They have no problem. You they
1: know, it kind of help. So basically, I'm doing your job for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it always seems to be a bit of a challenge when it's time for us to be considered for leadership roles where we're, where we're responsible for developing our own strategy and growing and leading talent. Mm-hmm. It appears to be a few more steps that are always needed. Before we're able to be granted the opportunity to be a people leader. Sure. It's always something. yeah. And and that just reminds me
2: of that infamous glass ceiling, a pink ceiling, a bamboo ceiling Mm -hmm. that so many scholars and researchers talk about. And, of course, women in BIPOC employees always have to do a little extra and get a few knots on their head before they even get to bust through.
1: Yeah. And when they finally bust through, man, it feels like, man. Do I do even want this now. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I don't work so like hard to get Looking like Frankenstein. You know, AKP, to be honest with you, it's not always about like the man keeping us from um, being a people leader. That's true. You know, sometimes it comes down to us not being authentically supportive of each other. Uh-oh. You know, we kind of talk about the crabs in the barrel mentality sometimes. You know, I'm meaning... Um, In in my mind, when we have the opportunity to lift up a member from our village Mm -hmm. by allowing them to lead us on projects, Mm -hmm. or when we have the opportunity to be supportive doing external discussions with leaders— we end up saying things that can oftentimes undermine that person's overall leadership abilities and prolong their desires to be a people leader. So here it is. The closer you get, we got some other stuff happening where it just brings us back further and further. Oh, Rika's is
2: preaching today,
1: y'all. Rika is preaching. <laughs> so. Hey, I'm a little sensitive about little some sensitive, things. Huh? Yeah, I got some PTSD. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so in today's episode, We will share our stories of when we first got our first people leader role, and we'll also share stories of others we've mentored, coached, or led. We'll talk about the struggles that underrepresented employees face in getting into management. We'll provide those receipts on the reality faced by underrepresented employees in reaching the manager ranks, and we'll close out with four secrets on what you can do to move from an individual contributor to a people leader role.
1: Man, so Keith, 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 Keith. So, man, let me tell you about, you know, my first opportunity to be a people manager. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay? Okay. I mean, I trusted somebody that was a peer because we were in this fight together. Yeah. Okay. We was trying to knock this out together. We was trying to, like... You know, we had dreams, you know, yeah, we, was, big we, dreams. we was talking, you know, talking in the break room, you know, all of that type of stuff, right? But we were in this fight together. We both wanted to be promoted. But look, this brother got promoted before I did. Yeah. So yeah. look, hey, it's all good. We went it wasn't a, a competition. It's something in the contract that said we both needed to get promoted at the same time or we weren't going to get promoted. Mm-hmm. Now I was genuinely happy for this cat. And I was trying to congratulate and celebrate him as we met for lunch prior to the announcement going live. Like he, he told me, you mm-hmm. know, that he had yep. gotten the promotion, yep. but it wasn't announced. It wasn't yet. announced. Yet. Okay. Right. So unbeknownst to me, my man took this opportunity to speak about all of the things that, like, as I was trying to congratulate him, mm-hmm. I'm thinking we would getting ready to toast yep. up and, yep. you know, hey, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of car are you about to get? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like we was about to do that stuff, but kind unbeknownst of... to me, man, this brother. You know, actually um took this opportunity to speak about all of the things that I needed to do to get to the same level that he had now achieved. He's seconds on the job. It, it, yeah, he was just into it, you know. And, and so I just kind of listened because I didn't want to, you know, mm-hmm. steal the flavor. But man, it was so vague about what he was saying to me. It was stuff like, This is what people are saying about you. It, it, it's not clear. What you want to do or be when you grow up? Like your next role, you need to do this. So I'm like, damn, this brother. Then he 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 already up there. He That's already right. know what to do, right? Well, He's so he, been in the room so for he, the last two years. Yeah. So he. And so and and again, he was like, hey, somebody asked me about you, and I didn't really know how to answer the question. You know, and this and that I'm like, well, wow. You know, in that moment, we always talk about in that, in that moment, moment. In that moment, you know, he had a chance to kind of, you know, really maybe. Uh, speak about me, or to say, "Hey, well, l- l- I may not know exactly X
2: about Ricky, <laughs>
1: but I do know this: I've been on projects with him, and he, you know, showed up, or I've seen him do this. He wants to be a leader, you know. Like you, in that moment, you had the chance to kind of do that, and you chose to like really just kind of step on me, you yeah, know, to really yeah. like you know hoist mm-hmm. yourself, you know, up. Right. So again, that conversation, to be honest with you, kind of shook me up because I felt like. All of the work and the value that I had added to the uh, organization or to the bottom line for the organization was being questioned by leadership, or it was either not appreciated in the same way. Mm-hmm. It felt like I had been spinning my wheels and wasting time after that conversation. Yeah, it just got you going. I'm like, it's damn, d- is this, this what we doing? Like, <laughs> so it's your brain? So, you look. I brought that situation to my executive sponsor, and they quickly reaffirmed like my development. And we made some in-game adjustments. Yeah, that's, right? important. that's important. Because, again, all feedback is a gift. Yes. Okay? But the way it's delivered may not necessarily be a gift. Yes. Okay? Exactly. So and that was one of those situations. So those in-game adjustments were, you know, my mentor and I, we worked on my talk track, mm-hmm. you know, or the value proposition uh, that I would um, supply to the leaders so that they could spend about me as it relates to like my aspirations. Sure. Okay. Sure. We also talked about intentionality, about which leaders I needed to to connect with, that could advocate for me when I weren't uh, wasn't in the room. Mm-hmm. Who who could actually move the needle? Who leader? would actually move the needle? Okay. And then lastly, we we started you know really being um, intentional about the uh consistency in which i needed to connect with these leaders yeah, right because yeah. again what i didn't want to do was ever be in a situation where if someone was at, if if these mysterious people right. were being asked questions that they couldn't answer them no doubt. you know or if they were asked questions they could say well i don't know but you go talk to x right
2: yeah, so true. So true, PR. And that and that sounds very much like the story that our sister Keisha shared with us in that mental health episode. Remember, she was talking about how that sister just dogged her out and that just triggered a whole journey, mental health
1: journey. Right, right. It was almost like it was only enough space for one sister. Right, right. And it's like, come on now. Yeah. And, and and also, as I think about it, there's also
2: another typical situation. You described one. There's also another typical situation when you get promoted and then become the boss of people who the day before were actually your peers. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a tough one. These people, you were hanging out with these people in the club, you were gossiping with them, you were sharing all your personal business with them, and now you're their boss. And now, and you also know they work ethic.
1: And they work. And know. some of these jokers was messing around they when fooling. you were peers. They're clowning. Yeah. They're
2: clowning. And that can be a very awkward situation. And I can remember being in that situation. I remember relationships changing and some people really getting pissed that I had to create some distance. And I did have to do that if I really wanted to be successful. I had to create a little bit of distance between And make that distinction between our Mm -hmm. working relationship and our personal relationship. And again, that's just a tightrope that you have to walk, especially when you get into those first level management roles.
1: Yeah. And again, and this is sometimes the the conundrum that you're in, you know, as you're thinking about me being an individual contributor versus being a people leader. Yeah. And then look, Keith, I remember when I moved from a technical role into like a strategic leadership role, Mm -hmm. I went from being a recruiter you know, or being in a recruiter role um, early in my career and really working hard to fill open roles. Right. It was like, hey, this is the lay of the land. That's right. This is what you do. So I was busting my tail to get um, a diverse applicant pool from schools that were not very diverse. Hmm. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now, to think about it, I think I was recruiting from C-suite and other executives, alma maters all the time all the time. Okay, and they had me going to specific areas where they were already engaged and have relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay? Well, <laughs> you know when well. you now now when you think about it, you know, uh again, the roles now the roles or the um the task what was just to fill the, roles, fill the roles. Okay, but there was never a real intent to influence those leadership ranks with women or BIPOC employees. Of course not. It was like just this, go to my school and get some people. They do as I say. That's right. <laughs> you get know some what I'm saying? Talent. And get these results right. Mm-hmm. Um, the only stats that mattered were time to fill the role like how long was it going to take me to get to to fill a role and the actual number of open roles that we had like get these down get these down Mm -hmm. so when I finally got the chance to be in a recruiting leadership role I was able to create a more inclusive strategy where we were going to HBCUs and we were going to HACUs you know what I mean and that again that's Hispanic no colleges and universities mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what not. right to feel like the pipeline with black and brown talent okay yep, yep. again we talked about it but what nobody really trying to be about oh it, of course <laughs> not of course know? not so now understand this challenging the status quo in this manner put a bit of a target on my back mm-hmm. because this was breaking up the good old boy paradigm yeah. okay this was challenging the status quo this was this wasn't what they asked me to do. Oh, of course. Okay, not. Um, but this was the price I had to pay for leadership if I was going to be a player in the game in terms of being a people leader. Yeah, and those, and those are the trade
2: offs you have to make. Hey, you want to play uh, softball or baseball? <laughs> right, right. right at the end of the day, right? And I just remember reflecting back. I mean, I got my first people. Uh, leader role at 27. Mm-hmm. And I, I moved from Delaware to Washington State to become a plant controller for a small little sulfuric acid plant, it was about $20 million or so uh, in size. And so that's where I I, I kind of got my first people leader role. And I was managing two clerks, two accounting clerks, who were both older than my mama. <laughs> By a long shot, uh-huh. right? And so I was like, "Oh my God, these ladies could be my mom, or my even my grandma, maybe close to it." And I was I was terrified at the end of the day, but I also relished the opportunity um, to finally get to manage people finally at twenty seven. That sounds right. ridiculous, doesn't it? But anyway, finally managed people. And about six months into that role, the plant controller position at our Bay Area. Uh, plant also resigned. And so I was tapped to oversee both of those plants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's really when my career as a people leader kind of took off. Right. Mm-hmm. And I realized some critical lessons um, with that first role. You know, and one big one is that I just learned to treat people with respect mm-hmm. and dignity. Right. And take an interest in their careers, find out things that motivated them. And then give them the opportunity to showcase their talents, right? And then for me personally, I just had to find that right balance. And this yep. is always that yep. tightrope of finding the right balance between being technical and too technical and letting some of that stuff go. And then how to lead others in order to get work done, how to get work done through your people,
1: yep, right? Yep.
2: And so so that was, those were some critical learnings for me early on. And I think it's really important for young leaders who are coming through. I'm um, the ranks to to understand
1: that. So, Ricky, just tell me a little bit about your very first people, people role. Yeah, it's no, a great question, KP. I mean, I think about when I first got a people leader role, I thought to myself, what the heck? Just happened, yes. <laughs> like, is this, this really, is really what, what I asked? I asked for. Yeah, you gotta be careful what you ask for because, like I say, whoever you, you you pray to has a funny sense of humor, yes, and, yes. You, and, you, and they'll give it to you, they'll give okay? it to you. Okay, so I was like, uh, probably in my mid 20s, mm-hmm. and I was responsible for managing multiple DCs or distribution center sites, okay, you know, as an HR leader, and I also had about five direct reports. Okay, so we're talking about like my first, my first, first leadership time. role. Like I mm-hmm. got all these direct reports. So the most difficult part of that job for me was realizing that in order for me to succeed, I was I was going to have to learn how to not be my best employee. Yeah, yeah. So you know, go. so yeah, so you you get frustrated. And you be like, I just do it myself. Yeah, yep. you know, uh, you don't know what we need to. Mm-hmm. I just do it myself, right? Mm-hmm. Because again. I couldn't be in the weeds. Right. I couldn't really do that because it's just not enough hours in the day. I had to learn how to manage people and projects with respect to, like, project or milestone plans, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and, and be consistent with trying to check on those I had to figure out like a cadence for speaking to my team on a regular basis to inform them on what we needed to accomplish as a team to stay aligned to those respective strategic uh, to our our respective strategic plan. Mm -hmm. I also had to figure out what each team member's secret power was and where they needed development. Mm -hmm. And again, we're talking about just like you were saying, I got people who were like much older than me. Yeah. And I, and here's this young dude trying to come in and tell them, you know, what to do, mm-hmm. right? Or give them examples when they probably have way more life experience. Oh yeah. You mm-hmm. know, than 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 I do. But again I had to work with them on the development. I also, you know, had to learn how to influence other functional leaders, you know, who were my peers now who are also people leaders to do things in a way that would keep the company out of harm's way from a negative exposure perspective. Sure, sure. You know, so That's right. I say all of this to say, brother, I was not quite ready to lead at that level. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But KP, I had to get ready, man, yeah, because yeah, yeah. my brand was at stake, yeah. right? We talk about it's hard to get the dog on job. Mm-hmm. It's even harder to, to keep, keep, it. It, to keep <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And the other part of this was that other BIPOC employees were looking up to me to make sure that I didn't fail for the village.
2: Absolutely. And Man. that's the burden. Man. That's the burden you carry. <laughs> exactly. Right. The, the only. And as underrepresented employees, we face a lot of issues kind of making that move from an individual contributor uh, to a people leader. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get on my soapbox where I've met him, Ricky. <laughs> This is what he was talking watch about. Watch your step. Early. Yeah, watch your yeah, step. <laughs> watch your <a> step,
1: right?
2: <laughs> So before we start talking about concrete issues that underrepresented employees face, I just got to get something off my chest for a minute. You know, I've been reading this book by Chef uh, Michael Twitty, and I also binge watched this show on Netflix called High High on the Hog, mm-hmm. which both act- talk about the influence of slave cuisine on today's, quote, American cuisine. You know I like to cook, so I'm just doing yeah. a little, just trying to figure out. Out, hey, how how does
1: stuff where did stuff come from? And What's he can like, throw down, y'all. He over here trying to be modest about the shit. He he can throw down. I I I blame half of my my uh, COVID weight on like Keith over here, man. It's his fault.
2: <laughs> That's my fault. That's right. <laughs> I'll take a couple lbs from you. Exactly. Right. But here's the punchline and all of that. Watching those shows, reading this book, there was just so much shit that slaves contributed or invented to American cuisine mm. that they don't get credit for. Right. And this is analogous to what we're talking about today, right? In in the experiences of underrepresented employees in the workplace. Our contributions that we make actually are huge. Yeah. Right. But they don't lead to opportunity or credit. Right. And as an aside, I'm going to just say this just for everybody, just to give you a little preview of some of the shows and the books. Slaves created French fries, mm-hmm. ice cream, My Teal, macaroni and cheese. They've done brisket. They even we even started the whole trend of oysters in a half shell. You know how much <laughs> them suckers cost in the store now. We were just getting them because they were junk. They were considered trash. Uh huh. Picking them out the ocean and made them into a fancy cuisine. So these are just a few of the American classics. But again, it just goes back to the point of. We've contributed at high levels, right. but then we can't get the opportunity to lead
1: these efforts. Forward. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna take that idea for you because you don't know what to do with it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> thanks for doing the no, work. I'm gonna turn it into a business yeah, yeah, and make yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. thanks for take. Thanks for doing all the hard work. You know, I think the other thing, man, is as I'm thinking about issues that kind of face us, it's it's in, and again, we're talking about in the last year how monumentous it was to see. Vice President Kamala Harris, uh-huh. right? I mean, and some folks, oh, it's because she's a woman. Oh, because she's uh-huh. black. Oh, this stuff, the other. It was a big deal because it, it was a big, big deal. deal. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know it, it never happened in 200 and whatever Ever. years of our democracy. Ever. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when we talk about, you know, one of these things, I think it's like a lack of role models. It's hard to be what you can't see. Yeah. Right? And it's hard to dream and aspire to be more when you don't have examples of those achievements oh, so true <laughs> right so true. like there are too many examples of underrepresented employees getting stopped in their tracks from getting the people leadership roles right i no mean doubt. we we think about how employees get rated you mm-hmm. know in in like the system like you if ya like and i'm just throwing out you know um different ratings right? right you get rated as high performing or maybe key talent or up and coming talent and and you get invited to different um, trainings and different opportunities, mm-hmm. and you get access to different mentors and sponsors. Yep. But if they put you at valued talent or you know yeah. something like that, That's it right. means like you kind of expectations. Well, it means you're good where you are, right. and it means like you don't really have no dreams and aspirations. Right. Okay, but then when you kind of go back and you look at who's leaving organizations, it's a lot of people who are in that value, talent or that mm-hmm. key. meaning. We, you don't, you're not gonna get promoted. But if you left the company, it'd be hard to pre- it'd be hard to replace your ass. Exactly. <laughs> you know what and when we leave, we're getting better opportunities. Yeah, we're not taking L's, man. Not taking so, L's. So, so, but again, I think the lack of role models, you know, b- meaning it's hard to 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 be what you can't see is a huge issue. Absolutely. You know here.
2: And another barrier we face is just that what we we're just talking about, a pure lack of opportunity to showcase our skills and leadership ability. Mm-hmm. Just like the slave chefs, they never they. They couldn't show out, show off. All they had was the master to please at the end of the day, right? And
1: and everybody was going to
2: bed full, fat, and tired. Exactly. So in order to show off your skills and talents, you got to put me in the game, coach. Mm -hmm, You mm got to put me in the game, right? And there is not any credible evidence out there that shows that underrepresented employees are incapable of performing at any level of an organization than anybody else when they're given the opportunity.
1: Yeah. So all
2: we need is a chance.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think the, the the last part that I'll probably want to point out is, like, the lack of leadership, coaching, and development. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of spoke earlier about, like, how people are rated and whatnot. But many organizations often promote folks based on technical ability mm-hmm. instead of leadership capability. Word, preach. <laughs> you know, you have to be able to motivate, delegate, coach, and think big picture. Mm-hmm. And just think about how many meetings you've been in and we can call it let's just call it brainstorming sessions, yeah. right? You're in these meetings with the leader, maybe it's young leader, maybe it's somebody else who they're trying to figure out their way, and you come up with these great ideas and you see them writing on the paper, writing mm-hmm. on the on the board, and they're getting that stuff done. That's a great idea, Keith. Yeah. Ooh, that's a great idea. And and before they actually go and present something, hey Keith, I wanna run something by you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. so they do all of these things. Okay, and they end up kind of taking your ideas yes. and represent them as your own, or that they motivated you to come up with these ideas. Right. You know, so again, we're talking about the lack of leadership and coaching and development opportunities for you to be able to lead yeah, for absolutely. yourself absolutely. versus giving it to somebody else. And after they get theirs, then they figure out a way to give you a little ounce of what you should be getting a on your ounce, own. little ounce. Little
2: freedom that gets back (laughs) to the example where Martha Washington she took old boys
1: all his recipes and made them her cookbook now and took credit for it. No, but if but if she had a cook, if she was the first lady. Now, when was she up in there cooking, cooking you know she, for herself? She,
2: you know she wasn't in there.
1: <laughs> that hot ass fire going and everything. She wasn't cooking, cooking for all herself, that, huh? That, yeah, because no. back then we didn't have the technology yeah, we have now. When you yeah. had to cook, you had to get in there and cook. Exactly. Using the sweating. <laughs> you in there sweating, <laughs> coming up with coming up with mac and cheese and all of that stuff, huh? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> the impact
2: of all of this for for underrepresented employees, our, our spirits just get broke. Right, yeah, they can yeah. quickly get deflated, you know, just given all this structural inequity, and at some point we just stop even trying.
1: Yeah, well, because it's like you know what? Again, when you say stop even trying, it's like again, I'm gonna just be happy with what I got, you know. And, and again, I, I, we we grown up in in households where. We're, we've probably gone pro, right? Like we first time corporate America. Mm-hmm. Parents are like, boy, you better keep that good keep job. That job. Boy. Well, don't make nobody mad. You just just stay at the director level. You don't need to go to the senior. You, make that work for yourself, right? You know, like mm-hmm. you know all of that. But again, it's because of those broken spirits you speak to. I think the moral of the story, though, Keith, is underrepresented employees face so many different levels of. Obstacles in reaching the management ranks, mm-hmm. you know, and that that needs to change in order to make our organizations more diverse and inclusive. No doubt. Like it fundamentally, fundamentally has, has to, change. to change. Has to change. You know, but look, Keith, I mean, we up here talking about you know how uh, on the hog, and we talking about all of this stuff. And I and, look, and again, I know people like they're over here making a joke of it, and they over here doing this stuff. Having but look, time. it's a reason why we're talking about this, Keith, mm-hmm. and, and and that reason is embedded in these receipts. So let's just hit them with these receipts. We go hit you with these receipts,
2: and today we'll share some receipts on the reality faced by underrepresented employees trying to move into the leadership ranks, including demographic information and barriers to our progress. Yeah, so, so hit us with receipt number one, man. Yeah, receipt number one. According to 2020 data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, black people account f- occupy 9.7% of professional jobs. A professional job is classified as when you're a salaried employee, you're not an hourly employee. Mm-hmm. You're not eligible for overtime. So black people op- occupy 9.7% of professional
1: jobs. So, so 9.7, there's over 90%. Yes, I cried by others. <laughs> by others. <laughs> right. A- AAPI community
2: has 8.6% 8. 8. of those jobs and Latinx employees occupy of those jobs. So, you know, roughly a little less than 30% are occupied by people of color. BIPOCs, yep. Right? At the end of the day, they are professional jobs. Mm -hmm. These numbers shrink, as you would probably imagine, as you move into the management ranks. With African-American employees holding 8% of management roles, AAPI holding 5.8% of management roles, and Latinx holding 10.7%. At the end of the day, the good news is that women hold 51.7% of professional jobs. But given that, they still only occupy 40% of the management roles. I
1: mean, again, we're we're talking about the shell game here, man. We're talking about the shell game. Power and privilege. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, receipt number two. Um, 30 percent of of, excuse me, 34 percent of the respondents to the career builder survey indicated that they were interested in moving into management roles. Only seven percent, though, expressed an interest in serving in C-level roles. However, many of those uh, who yearn for management roles feel the deck is stacked against them. Okay, does this sound like a familiar story here? (laughs) Right. Thirty three percent of women. 34% 34% of Hispanics, 50% of African Americans, and 59% of workers with disabilities felt their organizations had a glass ceiling, an unseen barrier that keeps women and other minorities from moving into top-level roles. So again, we're talking about you've done the work, okay, the you work. got the results, but there's some extra shit there the that you got to do, there. right? That's like, right. And it's like, we don't tell you about it until you get close when you come in and you be like, hey, I got the numbers. Hey, what about this? Y- right. You know, Keith, we uh... still need to see you kind of do this one thing. You know what, Keith? You don't quite have enough flair on. That's right. That's when they start talking about you don't have enough flair. That's right. That's right. You don't, don't have too much flair. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Exactly. It's crazy. That's crazy. Receipt number three, according to one of our favorite Harvard Business Review, black employees still face obstacles to advancement that women and other minorities do not, right? Mm -hmm. African American employees are less likely than their white peers to be hired, developed, and promoted. And while black employees are close to their overall population representation in the workforce, black employees are still only, as we mentioned before, 8% of management Mm. and only 3.8% of CEOs. And African-American employees have severely lagged in influential industries such as tech services, financial services, tech, law, politics, higher education, and nonprofits, where in all of those cases, we're less than 9%, anywhere from 1% to 9%. Of the representation in any of those professions.
1: So so basically, when we see companies putting out these memos and they're celebrating people on LinkedIn, and we want to celebrate folks when they get those roles. right? But just understand the celebration doesn't stop there. Absolutely. Like, like the revolution is still going. It's still going. <laughs> like, we That's need right. to, like, kind of keep the fire, yep. you know, going here. Mm-hmm. Look, the last receipt that we'll hit you with is uh, receipt number four here. The Center of American Progress also shows that African American and Latinx employees continue to face systemic issues in reaching the management ranks. I'm sure that's no surprise. No surprise. Okay, higher unemployment rates, lower pay, poor benefits, and greater job instability continue to plague these communities. And even bigger issues, such as repeated violent oppression of African-American uh, people, uh, codified laws and practices, and devaluing of uh, people's work and contributions continue to hold BIPOC people back. So again, this is the shit they ain't really talking about, That's but right. we're telling you it's still happening. This is the research. <laughs> If it if, if wasn't happening, Keith, we wouldn't have secrets. We wouldn't have secrets. There'd be no need for secrets.
2: Exactly. Like,
1: our goal is to
2: run ourselves out of business, people.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, you got that right. Now, now look, Keith. I mean, as, as as tough as these receipts are to kind of hear, like you can't discount fact. No. You know, you can't. The, 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 the analytics, the statistics, all that stuff is there, right? So now... How about we just move into the secrets part here, right? Because yep. we done we done told you about what happened, what what has happened to us. Yeah. We've also talked to you about some things that we see out there in terms of the receipts. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about again here's some secrets, right? So today we're gonna provide four secrets that you can take to reach the manager ranks. Number one, mentorship. Mm-hmm. We always talk about that. Mm-hmm. Number two, create an employee development plan. Yeah. Number three, Get on a special project team and four, act the part. Yep. Those are good ones. <laughs> yeah, Those so are key, good ones. So just talk a little bit more about secret number one. Yeah, secret
2: us. number one, mentorship is key. I know we talk a lot about sponsorship and sponsorship, especially if you're trying to get to the absolute top, top levels, is, is key. But mentorship is actually most relevant and helpful when you're navigating from being an individual contributor to becoming a manager. Right. First level leadership is a combination of technical expertise and leadership capabilities. So having mentors that can help you build that muscle. And mm-hmm. help you understand the next level of technical skills that you need, as well as provide you with a baseline of leadership tools will be critical as you move from individual contributor into the, one of those leadership roles. No,
1: I, I absolutely. Absolutely. Um, look, secret number two. So create employee development um, plan. And sometimes you might even heard, hear this as a, a personal development plan. So mm-hmm. an EDP or a PDP. Mm-hmm. And um, don't just create. Like an executive mm-hmm. development plan, um, like work the damn plan. You gotta work it. <laughs> you know, like you gotta be, That's you know, right. religious. We'll make it a paper
2: right, right, right,
1: right. You gotta be religious about that. People have to know that you want to be a leader, and that, um, and an EDP can help you and your manager build a roadmap to make it happen. It's bil- It's it's almost like an accountability document. You know there, right? right? The EDP will help you focus on performance gaps, and it also. Acts as a great tool to hold the organization accountable to your professional uh, progress and uh, skill development. So, again, every time you're having a conversation with your mentor, and then with your sponsors, you're talking about your EDP. Yeah, every time. And you're talking about based off of the things that I said, uh, based off of what I've been able to accomplish, these are still some of the things that I still need to achieve. So it's the what I have versus what I need Mm -hmm. document
2: there. Yeah, no doubt. It's such a critical tool, and it helped me a lot in terms of having those conversations Mm -hmm. with my manager and my mentors moving up the chain. Secret number three. Getting on a special project team could be one of those make or break moments for your career, right? Being on a special project team such as an M&A team, both either on the acquisition side or the integration side, uh, can be a huge boost to your career as well as being a, a technical expert on a research project or a functional expert on a major leadership initiative that's going on across the company. All those opportunities, especially on a successful team, can help you move uh, into becoming a people leader.
1: Yeah, I think that also, I mean, there's all kind of platforms that we have, whether it be uh, platform integration, whether that's a new HRIS, human resource information system, whether that's a financial system. Yeah, all of those types of things is Jump on that project. Yes. You know, jump on that project so that you can learn how the sausage is made, but you can see how a leader directs people. Yes. You know, I think that's extremely important. I think the other part of that, though, is when you're on some of those projects, I mean, it's still like you're leading a team. These people don't directly report into you. That's right. And if you can get people who don't directly report into you to get things done based off of that project timeline Mm -hmm. that we Mm talked about— it
2: shows your ability to lead people. Absolutely That's that influence and motivation piece, Yes that's yes. so critical of being a people leader.
1: You, hey Keith, I mean, that, I think that really changed you know my career in terms of me being on assignments and carrying out strategy versus being strategic in writing strategy, mm-hmm. you know and being able to uh, have individuals execute against my strategy. Mm-hmm. Look, secret number four. Act apart. Yeah. Okay. Act apart. If you want to be a boss, you have to show up like a boss. Now, look, Keith, I know you didn't put out some uh, some blogs, you mm-hmm. know, on this. I mean, we've had some stuff on Secrets. Yeah. We, we we this is actually one of the best downloaded episodes, um, we episodes had that we've had so far. Presence. Right. was executive yep. presence. Right. So. So I think um, as I'm thinking about this, confidence and executive presence are so very important to to get others to believe in your ability to lead, Mm -hmm. okay? And also to lead them, okay? I think that's his key. And I think it's also important to create and implement strategy at scale. Yes. Like, so again, we're talking about leading these large projects. It's not easy. I mean, you may not have, you you don't have, sometimes you don't have people that report directly into you. So these are indirect reports. You got to do the work. Like all of these things set you up You know, for a people leader position, if you go knock one of these out, the next role they're coming to talk to you about is leading people.
2: Oh, no doubt. There is no doubt at all. And those are all great secrets today and hope you hope you enjoy those. And you can find more resources on these secrets, as well as the receipts that we shared by going to our website at secrets dot com. Looking in those show notes for this episode, we put some great resources in there for you with
1: tips on how to get to that management rank. So be sure to check those out. Hey, you know what? And and I want to make sure that I give a shout out to all of the listeners and fans out there who have made all of this possible. I mean, at this point we got over 10,000, you know, downloads, but I also want to give a special thank you to everyone who Acknowledge my brother for his birthday. Oh, good. You know what I'm We're saying? Who acknowledge my brother for his We're birthday, man? Like, like I'm trying to make sure that he gets a whole bunch of likes and 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 comments, <laughs> like he did me. Like, I don't really like all the fanfare. Yeah. I try, and I know Keith don't really like it either. <laughs> but don't I'm trying to make sure far. he get a whole bunch of attention. But want to say thank you to to all of the fans, you know, out there. We couldn't do this without you. And be sure to write a review on Apple and even buy some of that merchandise. Yes. Yes. Please do that. And Ricky and I also want to help you
2: get that coin and get your seat at the table. Get paid. That's right. Not just a seat at the table. We want you at the head of the table. (laughs) Right. Dancing on the table. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And we are happy to provide coaching service to you individually or to bring some training to your company. Right. So check out our website for more info on that. And, uh, we're here to help
1: yeah let's make it happen so look kp i see that we've both made individual contribution uh contributions in lowering the liquid level in these cups no doubt I, mean, I have <laughs> any ice line. over i I'll see laugh. this lime uh Ooh, down here by itself <laughs> so um now i'll show some leadership and fill these bad boys up myself
0: yes okay please do. i'll
1: fill these cups up but i just want to tell all of the listeners again we are so humbled Thank you for listening to Secrets, and remember, when we share, you transform. Peace out.
0: Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed yet another gem from KP and PR. In fact, one listener said that Secrets makes me smarter every time I listen, and we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends, and donate via Patreon. Check us out on the web at www.secrets.com. That's www.c-crets.com to get more information about our secret services. Until next time, cheers!